0: Welcome to another episode of the Personal Branding for Photographers podcast. My name is Maurice Jager, and I'm a photographer, speaker and the author of the book Personal Branding for Photographers. This podcast is all about learning how to improve your personal brand as a photographer. Thank you for listening today and let's dive in. Welcome, this is another episode of the Personal Branding for Photographers podcast, and today I'm here with Clay Cook. Thank you for being on this podcast, Clay. Um,
1: yeah, thanks for having me, man.
0: Thank Appreciate it. All right, you got it. So l- introduce yourself to the audience. Like, wh- Who are you? What do you shoot? Um, give us a little uh, background.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, Clay Cook. I'm an uh, uh, advertising and portrait photographer based in Louisville, Kentucky. And I've been shooting for about 10 years now in the industry. And uh, it's been a wild ride for me.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I see you on all the trade shows. And that's actually how we met. So that's cool. Um, yeah. How, we, like, you create the advertising stuff, but you do also, like, personal projects. And you have, like, your, your work has a big stamp of, like, who you are as a person uh, attached to it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I... I cut my teeth in the local fashion scene here in Louisville, Kentucky. So, um, I was shooting a lot of personal projects and test shoots and local fashion. And, um, and I really got into that scene here early on when I first started shooting. Um, and then, you know, as my business grew, my business built, um, you know, then I sort of migrated into shooting, bigger jobs for bigger agencies, um, in the advertising realm. And, um, yeah, it's been, uh, I work with a lot of humanitarian initiatives now. So a lot of NGO work and, uh, takes me all over the world. It's pretty awesome.
0: So is that also what you want to achieve what you work like the traveling and, uh, doing like creating meaningful work or is there another motivation between what you do, what you do today?
1: You know, a lot of the humanitarian work that I do is really what kind of fuels the fire, if you will, for me. Um, it feels like passion work. A lot of the advertising work I do is, is uh, for the most part, the agency's vision, um, or it's just kind of um, pretty sta- standard, straightforward type work. Um, so the humanitarian work that I do internationally. Um, sort of breaks away all of that gear and all of the crew and all of the things that come along with advertising. And it's just kind of me and a camera. And it's very primal, sort of visceral way of shooting. And it's, it, it, it fuels the fire for me. So it, it has turned into more of a passionate way of shooting. Um, and so that's why I love doing that type of work, because it is very personal to me. Uh, I mean, it almost feels like personal work. I am paid for it, but it does feel very personal to me. And and it's what has kept me going uh, through the last 10 years is is a lot of that passion work, um, a lot of the traveling, a lot of the seeing cultures, experiencing cultures and doing a lot of that type of stuff um, comparative to if I just stayed home and, and shot advertising, I'd probably go insane. (laughs) It makes sense. Just the
0: repetitiveness and stuff like that. Like sometimes you want to just break away from um, the day to day thing and just like do something awesome. Um, So is that like the the, your motivation for doing like all the humanitarian and the personal and all the cool projects? Do you reflect that into your brand and messaging? And do you get like clients based on it? Or is it more of a separate thing
1: uh, for you? I do get clients. Um actually I have one particular awesome story where um I did a project right outside of Mosul, Iraq and um and that was in 2017 um for an NGO there called Shai Fund and they um so I did that work, did the trip and came back Put it out there, put it on my website, shared it as like you know a, a humanitarian project that I did, and then um, I get an email from A and E Networks, uh, probably, I don't know, month or two later, um, to shoot the Swamp People campaign or, or to shoot the uh, reality TV show Swamp People and shoot all their key art, mm-hmm. and so um, and it was a it was a pretty awesome commercial job to have in the entertainment industry. And so, um, cause I had watched the show and enjoyed it in the past. And, uh, so that was pretty cool. And the, and the big reason why they hired me was because of the you know, storytelling, photojournalistic approach that I took to the work in Iraq. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a, a clear example of, of, of why I do it. And, um, and absolutely I get, I get hired by advertising clients because of that work in many cases. Um, whether that's people want like sort of a raw authentic approach, um, comparative to like, you know, this massive polished production or they just want something in between, um, or they just want, um, more of a photo story, visual storytelling approach to their campaign, whatever it might be. Um, you know, I think a lot of clients appreciate that type of work because um, it is good storytelling. You know,
0: is that also how you would describe your personal brand as the storyteller, the raw uh, approach kind of thing, or like, is there like more to it, like how, the yeah, way absolutely. that you position yourself, kind of like?
1: Well, when it comes to my brand and sort of my overall uh, identity, um, actually. You know, it was inspired by my past in the music industry, uh, my approach to um, being, you know, like this sort of rugged, grit, uh, raw, authentic person. Um, And then everything is very polished because it's all black and white. It's very straightforward. Um, It looks expensive. And so that's what I've always wanted to approach things um, as is something that, Um, approach things, meaning my personal brand, my identity, my online identity. Um, Something that's, uh, you know, looks a little primal, looks a little raw, but um, also maintains uh, a level of perceived value that is high because we all know that, you know, your brand and your identity can drive value for you. So that's kind of was my approach when I first branded, uh, rebranded actually in 20. 15, 2016. So yeah, and I actually, once I did rebrand and sort of take my, all that identity seriously is when I actually doubled my annual revenue that year, which was crazy. Wow. Yeah. So the personal branding stuff
0: actually works, right? And just like Absolutely. focusing on like what's close to home, I guess.
1: Well, it's not like a lot of people just assume your brand means your logo, you know, and it's like, no, it's, it's everything. It's like everything from your colors, your fonts, you use your, um, you know, where you're located, what you love, your, you know, all of that goes and plays into how people perceive you. And then also the value at which they perceive you. So Um, If all of that is together and all that is uh, rich and it looks awesome and it's, um, you know, really sharp and it's focused, then that perceived value is going to be driven higher, you know, for sure. Yeah. So when we go back to, let's say,
0: 2015, 2016, when you rebranded, can you... Uh, like talk us through the steps that you took between then and now to like build your personal brand as it is today.
1: Yep. Yeah. So I, you know, I had a brand that leaned a little bit more on what we commercial photographers call retail. So retail work is weddings, families, babies, headshots, things like that, that are direct to consumer. Um, so I had a retail brand essentially. Um, it looked like a retail photographer, um, which, you know, there's not really anything that I can explain that looks like it. But, um, you know, I I wanted to transition into something that looked more in the realm of an advertising or a commercial photographer, which generally leans on simplicity, um, simplicity and let the work sort of speak for itself. Um, you know, you're, you're trying to look expensive as expensive as possible. And so, um, I took a lot of thought into not only my logo, but also what my headshot looks like, what my colors are going to be, um, what my font, uh, you know, across the board is going to be what, um, what kind of community I kind of want to build, uh, what, I want to represent, you know, and what I, what I want my brand to feel like. And kind of like what I mentioned earlier, it was taking sort of my past in the music business, bringing that sort of rugged grit into a polished um, space is kind of what I went for. So Mm -hmm. I was really inspired by album artwork and covers from bands and their logos and this sort of like really raw paint brushy type, um, vibe and um, almost like I've always loved like paint splatters and that really abstract style of painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I have artwork um, in my house that is very abstract. Um, you know, it's um, it, it, it's something that I just love to see. It's like very paint brushes, paint splatters, that kind of stuff um, was always something that I, I loved, and so. I migrated towards that type of of logo. So I started with the logo and I hired a designer to work with me on it. And he like hand drew uh, like 200 versions. And so then we sort of went in and customized that. And then once we did that, we developed um, like web treatments. We developed like PDFs. We developed um, fonts. We developed, uh, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff to coincide with that online identity And then um, from there, you know, I decided like I wanted to stick with like the simplicity, the black and white, something that like represents something that's expensive. And, um, and then kind of went from there and it, and it progressed into what it is, you know? Um, and so all of my marketing materials, all of my portfolios, my um, website, my everything, is branded with that consistent identity. And so all those things that, you know, were, were extremely important to me. And I, I learned that through, because I was a graphic designer for many you know years while I was in the music industry, I was doing graphic design, the hustle on the side, which, um, I learned a lot about that sort of, uh, branding and identity. And it was, uh, it was uh, something that was I knew was important, and so um, I knew that I wasn't really capable of doing it the way I wanted to do it, so I hired professionals to do it for me, you know, and I worked with them and collaborated with them to uh, create what I have today. Yeah, and did, did your messaging also change, like, the way
0: that you, uh, like, verbally express yourself, and, like, did you, like, get, like, more personal with, like, this is who I am, this is the way I see things. Is that something that you also did or did that not change? And it was more of the look and feel around the brand.
1: Well, I've always been very transparent and, you know, tried to be authentic um, as much as possible. I mean, if, if you go back when I was, you know, 17, 18, I was blogging on Tumblr, you know, and it's funny because I stumbled upon that blog and I read through it and I was like, man, I share some real personal stuff here, you know, Um, you know, talking about my divorce and talking about my relationships and talking about finances and all this stuff. And so I've always, I've always maintained a really authentic approach to um, sharing all all aspects of my life. So the messaging didn't necessarily change. It just everything around it um, changed. Um, And I wanted to, represent something that felt that way. Um, and I don't think my old brand or my old identity did that at all. As a matter of fact, um, you know, my graphic design business, I don't, I don't share this with many people, but my graphic design business was called dirty cheese designs. (laughs) It was like an, it was an inside joke and, um, between the band stuff that I had going on and, um, and so I migrated to just calling my overall design photography, dirty cheese. And, and that was my first brand. And I was like, um, and then I, I'm I eventually moved to just using my name, Clay cook. And, uh, but yeah, I had some, I, I I've, it's been a long journey to get where I was, yeah. where I, where I'm sorry, where I am now for sure. But, Yeah. To answer your question, I don't think the messaging has necessarily changed. I do take a little bit more of a professional approach to it just because I have a lot of eyes on what I do and, um, I have to make sure that what I say and what I do and, and, and the messaging that I put out there is, is, um, is, uh, authentic, but also, you know, um, uh, respectful and, uh, you know, maintains that level of professionalism as well. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think when I was younger, I didn't really care about that. You know what I mean? I was just like, say whatever's on my mind. And so now it has, it, there's a little bit more of a professionalism to it, I guess.
0: Yeah. You're trying to like make sure it resonates with the audience that you're talking to, I guess. Yeah. 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 And I love that dirty cheese thing. Like at the, as a Dutch person, like we're a cheese country. So like, that would totally work for us.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. It, every now and then, um, there's a couple of buddies that I have, photographers that I first met like when I first got in the scene and they still make fun of me. They'll like comment on some of my stuff and they'll say, dirty cheese photography. <laughs> <You> know, like <laughs> I'm like, oh man, no one really knows that because I used that brand for probably like six months and then I was like, yeah, I'm like shooting like families and babies and weddings over here and I'm using dirty cheese, you know? And it's like, it's not exactly I remember I did this survey and I asked like uh, a bunch of people whether I should change my name and it was like 98%. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, I think what it is when like um, photographers get into the business, they, They want to create a company, you know, they feel like they need to create like this, this, this company of people, you know, Um, and then the more you realize and the more you get into it, like you are your brand, like you represent you. So the biggest names in the industry uh, of photography industry or whether it's advertising or retail work, whatever it is they all use their names and it's because it's just them. Um, and then they contract out everyone else. And so unless you're a big motion production company or something like that, like that's a little different, but, um, yeah, I, I guess it's just this like stigma that people think they need to create this, this, um, you know, pseudonym for their, for their brand. Um, and I've heard some really funny ones over the years. I mean, some, some ones I'm like, whoa, you know, this is, <laughs> this, this is uh it's like a sentence long da 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 da, 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 da photography, you know, <laughs> yeah,
0: we should create an Instagram account or something that just like feature their logos and make fun of them <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my gosh, so you just mentioned like looking um like you're working and you're like um hiring people to work with you. Um, the people that you hire, do you actually look at what they're putting out there in their branding or like what are like the, the deciding factors when you are looking for people to work with you on set?
1: Yeah, you know, like I have an internship program, so that falls into that more than anything else is like my interns are very important to me and their, their learning um, is very important to me. And so um, I do have a very... Um, I have a curriculum that I teach my interns and, um, try to really mentor them through, uh, a year long process. And so that falls into line with more of my interns when I do hire crew, like first assistants, DITs, uh, you know, grip, whatever it is. Um, I'm just looking for those that have been in the industry for a while and have experience with that. Um, and are hard workers and are honestly just cool to work with. Um, you can have all the experience in the world, but if that person is just kind of like got a chip on their shoulder and not uh, willing to work hard because you don't know them, then that's not somebody I want to work with. So for the most part, I try to seek those that um, are hardworking um, care about their brand, care about their photography or their career, whatever it is. And, um, and are, are willing to work, you know, and are willing to, um, uh, work first and talk second, you know, that's, that's huge for me. So, so, um, so how do you find out about that? Like, do you go
0: on their socials or do you have conversations or like, how do you approach it's, it?
1: It's mostly through referrals, through, um, friends, through relationships I've built over the years, Um, Like if I'm looking for an assistant in, uh, you know, wherever wherever it might be, um, Nashville or Atlanta or something, then I'll call on one of my friends that are there um, that work in the industry and use a a good referral system. Um, Or I'll just know people that work in the industry down there and ask around. um, um, Or I already know somebody that works down there. So it's kind of like one of those things where most of the relationships that I've built or I'm sorry, most of the crew that I work with um, is is people that I've met in the past somehow through other people um, or people that um, are referred to me. Um, Rarely is it sort of an online interaction. Rarely is it something that like uh, somebody emails me or I put a Facebook call out there or whatever um, and looking for assistance. I don't ever do that because I want somebody that um, has a good uh, experience level and um, uh, is vouched for from some of my closest, most trusted colleagues in the industry. So um, that's kind of what I look for. Um, and another thing is, like a lot of my my assistants are former interns. So you know they're interns that have moved away or moved on, and then like I've got now I have interns all over the U.S. Um, and so I can call upon my former interns and say, Hey, I'm coming to LA to do this job. Are you available. Um, and you know, I know that they can deliver, you know, assistance for me. That's, um, trusted that they know my, how I work and they know how I operate and they know what I want. So that's basically how I do it. Cool. So what would be your most
0: valuable piece of advice? Uh, when, uh, you built your brand, like what should people focus on or, not focus on?
1: Um, you know, obviously the work speaks for itself, so that's very important is that you have a really good website that flows, that um, doesn't give too many speed bumps for people to access um, what you're all about. I think a lot of photographers think that their website should be this rule pretty user experience, something that people will spend time on. And it's the exact opposite. Um, Most people will spend about eight seconds on your website and then determine whether they want to work with you or not because attention spans in today's day and age is about eight seconds. So yeah, we're um, all turning into goldfish. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so creating, creating a user experience that's simple and that's straight to the point where people can view your work in a couple of seconds um, is, is definitely something that um, I don't see a lot of photographers do Um, like screw the slideshows, like all that stuff, like just get to your work, you know? And um, when it comes to the brand stuff, like keep in mind that you are your brand, like you represent you. Um, And so it can be intimidating for, um, consumers or agencies or whatever direction you go with your photography, photography, um, or whatever you do, it can be confusing if you have some sort of third party name or, um, you know, use some sort of pseudonym or something like that. So, um, I like to say you are your brand and you should be, you know, um, your name should definitely be involved somehow. Um, you know unless you're some big motion production company or something like that or or you have you do other things under your brand that's not just photography you know that would make sense but um that's a big thing you know i i see a lot of entry level photographers learn that eventually but um most of them um i think start out thinking that they need something like that or they need this grandiose user experience on their site and then they need some pseudonym for their brand name. So that would be the biggest piece of advice I can give in regards to branding for sure.
0: Yeah. And like we know each other for a little bit longer than just this podcast. And I know that you built your brand by like straight up elbow grease. Like you talked me through like what you did to like get in touch with agencies and publishers yeah. and all of that. So it's like, it's not just the website, right? Or the logo or the color or the social media. Like you spend, like I've got knows how many hours on outreach and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, but, you know, that's another thing is like, I think a lot of photographers focus on social media before they focus on their work and stuff. Um, you know, and so I see a lot of photographers out there that would rather be an influencer than a photographer. So, um, I think I kind of use this statement, like be in love with the, uh, be in love with photography rather than the act of being a photographer. So, um, you know, you have to really love photography and be obsessed with it to really do what you want to do and achieve the goals you want to achieve. And so, you got to get out there. You got to hustle. You got to put the work in and, um, social media alone is not going to get you there. That's just one little small piece of the puzzle. Um, and so, um, you know, social media is important, um, and certainly should be important, but also keep in mind who's your audience on social media. Like, are you just marketing to other photographers or are you trying to get real actual work out there? So, um, keep in mind that, um, social media can be a crutch for a lot of people because then you're just pushing content to push content and you need to be out there, um, hustling and trying to get real actual clients and real work. Um, and that takes, that takes some, takes time, takes patience, takes many years to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And, um, you know, this is not a, uh, get rich quick (laughs) industry whatsoever. This is a, it's most definitely a slow, burn. It's most definitely a slow process, um, that takes years and years and years and years to build. Um, I heard that this, this, this guy the other day mentioned that on Twitter, I saw where it takes 10 years to succeed in any industry. And I, I think that's uh, relatively true. I think that there might be some people out there that can do it faster, but, um, you know, I'm coming up on 10 years and I haven't even achieved close to what I want to achieve. So, um, But, you know, I definitely have a foundation built and it feels good, but uh, it takes time. Everything takes time and it requires a lot of patience. Yeah.
0: Like I hear a lot of people like the same thing. Like I get like marketed on Facebook, like 10x your income kind of bullshit pretty much. And then when Mm -hmm. I talk to actual working photographers and they develop a new product or like a new avenue that they want to like pursue, then it's like the first two years are just like uh, putting your, like figuring it out, getting an occasional client year three is when there's like a tipping point where like people start to find you. And then you have like seven more years to actually like solidify (laughs) what you're doing. Like that's, that's usually the way that at least the most people that I talk to, that's the way that a lot
1: of people see it. I mean, that's, pretty in line with my career. You know, I mean, people say like, Oh, you blew up so fast. I'm like, I mean, I was out there hustling and doing a lot of that stuff, but you know, it's, it's most definitely been longer than what a lot of people perceive it to be, you know? Um, So yeah, I mean, I wasn't truly making money until man year six, seven, something like that, you know? And uh, I didn't go full time until year four, I think. So yeah, it's, it's a long road. Um, and it's, and, and 10 years to, to a lot of people is nothing, you know, like talk to me when I've been shooting for 30, you know, so, yeah. um, takes time. And, you know, I think a lot of these young photographers, uh, want that quick, get, get success quick. And it's just not how it works in this particular industry. No. So. Like I'm i I'm on year
0: seven, I think. So yeah, Like I've been sort of ahead of the curve and it comes to like the 10 year marker. Cause I'm doing pretty well, but yeah, and, like I there's mean- still learnings and stuff like, but like I did not expect seven years ago to be on stage at PPE or like all of these like cool stuff that came our way. And a lot of photographers look up to that because like, Oh my gosh, he's talking. But end of the day, that's not what like pays the rent. That's just like, Right. A, more of a courtesy thing and a more of a branding thing maybe and just like being out there and talking for a couple of sponsors and just like helping the industry move forward
1: yeah you know like uh the education industry is a different industry than the real industry I think you know <laughs> yeah um so I, I think um you can kind of Uh, dip your toes in both worlds or, or kind of play that line a little bit. Um, You know, and it can be great, the education industry and some photographers just prefer to be instructors and educators and that's cool. Um, But I want to work for real clients. And so, um, you know, the whole reason why I did the education industry is just to, like you said, push the industry forward and overall raise the monetary value of the industry. Just show people like, Hey, these numbers are out here. These are real numbers. These are real clients. Like this exists. Like you can do this. Um, You know, it's, it's, you're not going to have a sustainable career if you charge a hundred dollars a photo shoot, you know, like you've got to really get out there and and start raising the monetary value of your work. So um, that's why I love to dip my toes in that education stuff um, as much as possible to help others out. And I think it's only going to help the industry. Yeah, and raise so.
0: raise the general level of confidence and stuff like that. So, like totally, yeah. Like, and you like you figured it out after like ten years, you have a like a good operation running. But is there still something that you're struggling with today that you feel like you could do better?
1: Well, you know, the pandemic has hit everyone pretty hard. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I, it's been it's been a a really um, interesting. I wouldn't say rough. I, you know, I have a lot of safety nets in place, but it's been a difficult few months. Um, just not being on set and not getting my hands dirty and, and and getting on set and sweating and stuff, which is you know what I love and it's really the driver for me. So, um, it's been a tough few months. Um, moving forward, you know, the, the the thing that I want to avoid is just plateauing. Um, that's plateauing and Um, my work and the type of work I do. So I'm always looking for new um, ways to expand and create different things and um, provide different services for my clients, um, provide new things to uh, level up the echelon of the clientele that I work for. Um, So, you know, I'm I'm constantly trying to think of ways to build a greater vision for where I want to go. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on my way, um, but it's a slow ride, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm working hard towards building greater marketing assets and greater, um, uh, outreach for, for my clients, more focused outreach and trying to, um, you know, just just reach a higher echelon of clientele. So the biggest thing, again, that I, I want to avoid is just plateauing and working with the same clients over and over. It's like, I want to be onboarding new, bigger clients as much as possible. And so, you know, the last few months have put a real damper on that, uh, that outreach and that approach. Um, but hopefully things start picking up again and um, and and whatnot. But, you know, I also, I I want to try to get, This year is a goal to try to get in the studio a little bit more, um, really, uh, push my technical lighting skills as much as possible. Um, you know, I get in the studio with clients and it's generally the same sort of like lighting set, setups and techniques. Um, that's why they hire me is cause they want that look. So I'm, I'm looking to get in the studio and just try new things. Um, just try different things, experiment. Take it away Uh, from from the safe side. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a big goal for 20 moving into 2021, um, 20, sorry, 2020 to 2021 is, is trying to, um, utilize my studio more, um, and, and experiment. And that is, I might stumble upon something that I really love and that can carry into my, uh, commercial and advertising work.
0: Okay. So you mentioned the goal word, Um, the, like, what are the goals beyond the creative or do you only have creative goals?
1: Like, where's your mind at? Oh man, I have so many goals. It's crazy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) the beginning of every year I spend about, you know, a solid 48 hours, uh, just thinking about the big picture and the big vision and what I want to accomplish for the next 365 days. So that all those goals and those, those small goals into just some software that I have. Um, and usually it's anywhere between 75 to, to 150 small goals that I want to accomplish over the next year. So, um, I've got a lot, um, it might be as small as do this one particular shoot, you know, or, 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 you know, get this one particular piece of equipment. Um, Um, as big as like shoot for this particular client kind of thing. So, um, I've got a lot. I mean, the big thing that I'm working on now is my Q3, Q4 promos. So I'm developing my own, um, promotional mailer that I'm going to send out to about 300 different clients all over the United States. So, um, it's just like basically in a really old school newspaper format, that I'm going to like crumble up and make it look really like authentic, you know, like a really old newspaper type style with these really like poppy, colorful um, photos uh, that are going to be featured throughout this. I think it's like a uh, 10 page sort of newspaper, 15 page newspaper something like that. Cool. Um, It's going to have copy it's going to be really awesomely designed. So uh, I've been working on that. So I try to do that twice a year. I've got a big email outreach right now campaign that I'm working on. Um, I'm going to be doing some virtual portfolio reviews this year, portfolio meetings this year, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of on the client side. Then I have, you know, then I have like my, of course, my education side, my sponsorship, and doing uh, community giveaways and like kind of all this stuff. And I have all these goals I want to accomplish. And sometimes I don't reach the goals. Sometimes I don't do them because things are prioritized and, you know, obviously real life working with clients is, is far outweighs my priorities. Um, definitely at, at this point than anything else. So, so do you take um, those goals from one year to the other or do you start clean? Yeah, yeah. No, they, they do carry over. I might like repurpose them or try to think of something new, mm-hmm. um, to add on to it. Um, but like, you know, last year, My goal was to start my own coaching program, um, like one-on-one personalized coaching program. So I initiated that. Um, I accomplished quite a bit last year um, on both the education and the client side, Um, you know, and that might be reaching some sort of uh, gross revenue that might be uh, uh, picking up this new, piece of equipment camera um developing this own my own new system like whatever it is like I have all this stuff written down so um and it's constantly evolving Uh um so do you do you
0: see your goals as more motivational or in hindsight like oh my gosh I didn't
1: make 30 of the 75 (laughs) yeah it's motivational for sure um yeah I mean and there's a ton of personal goals on there too. Like, I mean, I have uh, personal goals like, Hey, you know, health wise, I want to hit this target weight or, um, Hey, I want to get my scuba diving license or I want to go on this, take one vacation uh, a year. That's international. That's not work, you know, or I want to do this. So I have a lot of those goals too. And I focus on those, um, as well. Those are definitely in the top priority, but yeah, absolutely. It's, just, it's motivation. Um, I don't get mad at myself. I don't beat myself up if I don't accomplish some of the goals. Um, you know, if I'm lazy and which, you know, I've been guilty of for sure. Uh, it happens um, to everybody, and, yeah. And not, and not accomplish stuff. Like I'll give myself a kick in the ass, you know, and I'll say, I need to do this. And so I really have the, all that stuff tangibly written down as a reminder, like get your shit together and get stuff done, you know? So, um, that's, it it is motivation. And, um, I have reminders of it every single day when I look at that to-do list or that those goals, um, written down. And I, I look at them every single day and I see the same thing every single day and I might add to it here and there, but for the most part, you know, I'm always trying to drive my career forward, um, and never, uh, moving backwards and that's that's a big goal for me is always is doing new things and trying new things taking new approaches sometimes I might have to pivot from side to side and that's okay but you never want to move backwards
0: yeah that makes sense so what's the like what when are you successful like what is like whatever happens like when do you feel like you succeeded this year
1: yeah you know success is defined differently for um for people um, you know like success for one person might be totally different for another um, you know I, I feel like I truly found success um, around 2016 17 18 16 17 something like that when um, you know I was healthy again um, I lost weight and I rebranded and I was traveling and I was making money I was like you know getting myself out of a hole um, and that's when I felt good and, and still feel like it's obviously it's carried forward. But, um, that's when I, when I felt like overall, like, wow, I've, I've accomplished something here finally in my life, you know, cause I never got that in the music business. I, you know, my band was reached some level of success, but it's never, it was never anything where I personally felt success. So, mm-hmm. um, but this year, you know, has been tough. I, you know, the, the clients, the, the work has been uh, hammered by the pandemic. And so, um, you know, I, I have been to Tanzania, Africa this year, and I've shot some of the best work I've ever shot from Africa, and I haven't even really shared it out to my community yet. So um, that was one big success of the year for sure for me. Um, you know, I, I continue to work in the healthcare circuit, uh, for advertising. And so, so far this year has been comprised of these like small little successes that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I look back, I definitely will consider it to be a challenging year. I thought last year was a challenging year. Um, but that was more on the personal level. Uh, but, um, but this year I'll look at as, a, as definitely, most definitely a professional, professionally challenging year, but, Who's know to say? I mean, we still got half the year left. So I'm 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 hopeful and fingers crossed that uh you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel for this pandemic. But yeah,
0: this year cool is like deal. glass half full kinda. Like we still have like a lot in front of us. But like this year is like a little bit of like a broken year, if you will. Like we lost a quarter yeah. on like whatever we wanna do. Like if we move back to let's say twenty nineteen, like what was the coolest thing or the thing that made you most happy in last year even though like the personal stuff was in there like what what made like when you think back of 2019 what is the thing that comes oh, up to man. mind first
1: I had some great jobs last year some really fun jobs um you know I was in Cambodia for 30 days doing this um really intense production. Um, I can't really say much about it because it's, I still haven't released any images, so I'm not able to, um, yeah. you know, it'll be a while before I can actually talk about that job publicly. Um, but it was a really intense job that we did um, in Southeast Asia, but I traveled a ton last year. I mean, I, I traveled almost a hundred thousand miles um, all over the world last year uh, Malaysia, Cambodia, Africa twice, uh, actually one Africa once, um, went to, oh man, a lot, a lot of places in, um, in uh, Central America. And so it was, it was really crazy. I mean, but there was one particular job that stuck out to me that, uh, we did where we traveled all over the state of Kentucky and just photographed these little quaint towns and people in these quaint towns. And it was for, uh, it was for Kentucky tourism. And I mean, that was a lot of fun. So when I look back at the professional, uh, work of last year, like, man, we had some, some really good times and some really great jobs that we were able to do. Um, and they're totally on the adventure side. They were totally like new culture, new, um, environment, new places, a lot of exploration, um, which I love, you know, so, um, last year was probably the most, um, uh, the most miles I put in probably in total, um, in my career, probably to new places. Uh, so that was
0: cool. So listening to you and like we do talked about the traveling early on in the podcast, like you're talking about the traveling and like um, uh, finding out new cultures and new places. That is definitely something that like makes you happy and drives you. And it's like a motivational part into your photography that the camera takes you places that you can like learn about the ways other people live.
1: Yeah. I mean, the first time I traveled out of the country was in 2015, um, which I don't know if we had met then, but um, it was that, it, that was a life changing year for me uh, 2015, 2016, that, that, that world. Um, the first time I traveled out of the country was to Africa, you know, it was for a job. So uh, it was an eye opening experience. And so um, I learned that particular trip in that year that, the more I travel internationally, the uh, less I'll plateau and the more I'll expand and create better stuff. Um, and it will affect my professional life. And so, um, the more I can travel, the more I can get out there and experience new cultures, new people, meet new people. Um, the, the, the better person I am and the better photographer I am. That's awesome. So
0: where do you want people to go if they want to like be a part of your journey?
1: So um, I would say uh, my blog is probably the most expansive, detailed, authentic way to get to know who I am um, and the experiences that I have. And my blog is clay, C-L-A-Y dash cook dot com. And I just posted a, a big blog on traveling and how I travel with equipment and uh, travel as a photographer. It's like the most detailed um, OCD way of traveling ever. But uh, it's, it's everything I've learned in the past, you know, 20 years of traveling um, as a professional, whether it was a musician or now a photographer, And so, um, all my travel experiences are on my blog and they're very detailed from like minute by minute stuff. And I love writing and I've always blogged. Like I said, I was blogging when I was like 16, 17 years old on Tumblr. So, um, I've always loved it. And so my blog is a great way to, um, get to know me. And then, um, you know, of course there's Instagram and my website, claycookphoto.com and Instagram claycookphoto.com. I've got some YouTube videos out there. Um, Clay Cook photo on YouTube. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much how everyone can get to know me.
0: I'll link all of those uh, platforms and things uh, in the show notes of this podcast. If anybody doesn't want to like hit the search box, so make sure to check the show notes. Um, I want to thank you, Clay, for like spending all this time with us and like sharing your expertise um it's like I love this story like we known each other for a little while I think like you just mentioned it I think we met in 2016 so that was just like after you started traveling so yeah it's uh, it's always good to talk to you and uh, thank you yeah, so man. much
1: ditto thank you appreciate you having me on this
0: And that's it for today but before we part ways let me invite you to my personal branding for photographers community on Facebook. The group has already around 700 photographers who want to learn everything about improving their personal brand. Make sure to add yourself by going to mauricejager.com forward slash Facebook or subscribe to my podcast on your preferred platform. Thank you for listening and I'll see you on Facebook or you'll hear from me in the next episode. Enjoy your day. Talk soon. Bye.